0: Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Re Plastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Most are not coming in and
1: saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them. And um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you, know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma.
0: When you go in for your surgery, you will be very focused on your surgeons. But what you don't realize is there's actually a whole range of people behind the scenes that are helping you along the process. And one of those is your nurse. Now, your nurse is possibly one of the most important people as they are there for you if you need any help, if you have any questions, and they'll actually tend to you a lot during your recovery. Today, we're going to speak with Lauren. Lauren has been at RePlastic Surgery for about 12 months now. She has an extensive background in nursing in general and in the cosmetic industry so it'll be really interesting to hear her tips on how to prepare for an operation and some tips of how to care for yourself afterwards. Thanks for joining us today, Lauren. Hi. Now, you transitioned to cosmetic surgery quite a while ago now, and I'm guessing that you see everything that goes on behind the scenes. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's really rewarding Um, seeing you know the patients coming in and being a bit nervous and then um, it's afterwards um, just seeing that massive change in confidence um, afterwards it's 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 really life-changing
0: for them so it's really great to see well you hit the nail on the head there my first question was going to be you obviously see lots of people come in so how common are nerves
1: Oh, absolutely so common, and it's uh, that's one thing I would say, uh, and it was actually one of my points was that it's completely um, I, I do appreciate that it's such a daunting experience to come in for a consultation, uh, especially for those those first photos. It can be so, so daunting, and I really, really do appreciate that for patients, um, you know, getting undressed and, and having photos taken so, from that and then and then having surgery, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge daunting experience. Um, but then the afterwards, they're just so, so much more confident um, in themselves and you really do see that and it's, it's really
0: rewarding. Well, in terms of your expertise, if you have someone that is coming in for a surgery, whether it be a breast reduction, a lift or a tummy tuck, what are some of the, I guess, some of the tricks that they can abide by in the lead up to the surgery?
1: So, for pre-op, I have probably three tips and tricks. My first one, I would say, I know it's difficult, but please cease smoking. Uh, And (laughs) this is (laughs) absolutely crucial for your safety, but your overall recovery and and also your result. Mm -hmm. And so, essentially, healing depends on the body's ability to transport oxygenated blood throughout the body. Uh, and also nutrients to the wound site. So, if you're smoking, uh, you're basically transporting deoxygenated blood um, and depriving the the wound from oxygen it needs to heal. Mm-hmm. So, that would probably be my
0: first well, requirement <laughs> is to, is to stop smoking prior to your procedure. I think that's actually one of the main bugbears that Kim always raises as well. And often when that point comes up, I think if, even if you're not a smoker in general, in the lead up to the surgery, should you be taking a little bit extra care with yourself? Maybe not go out for those cocktails and the lead up. Yes. Yeah, so diet, uh, it's extremely
1: important to nourish your body with the right foods and, and also components. So, um, it, it, your body's trying its best to, to recover. So he, it's basically healing from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the body needs a tremendous amount of energy to, to heal your wounds. So putting the correct food groups in your body uh, will accelerate your overall healing time. So my tip would be to start maintaining healthy dietary habits at home. Um, but really, surgery is a time to reevaluate what you eat to parlay that into a life long dietary habits so I see surgery as an opportunity to kind of
0: refresh start small and rebuild. That makes a lot of sense so look after yourself is the number one which let's face it we can all probably do a little bit better at that in general Um, but what's your next tip? Next one would be
1: organisation, so that's key. So try and do a big grocery shop prior, and and really meal prep. So just having everything in the fridge ready to go, uh, I think, is really important. Just so when you're a bit s- sore afterward, you don't have to go to the go to the shops, um, and everything's just ready to go there for you. I would also suggest keeping items that you use on a daily basis in arms um, reach, kind of to avoid hyperextending or using any of those jarring
0: motions. Right. So prepare your chill space and make sure that you've got plenty of Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you've obviously touched on the meal preparation, but for some people they don't have young children running around, so it's a little bit easier. So maybe what happens if someone does have kids and they might, what extra things do they have to do? If you have like a support person even or someone
1: you can call on uh, I, I you know, I think that's that's great as well. Or even um my muscle chef or those frozen meals are, are great. Um just to keep as a backup in the fridge or in the freezer, um, just I think is a is is a good idea whilst you're yeah, recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just if you don't have time to um
0: to meal prep, then that's just an alternative as well. Great. And I think one question that people seem to ask a lot that we haven't really gone to yet on the podcast, um, it's quite a simple one, but when we talk about organisation for the pre-op, how important is it to have someone actually come to the hospital and pick you up after surgery? So, at the moment, it's a little bit difficult
1: because of COVID. COVID. It's throwing yep. a bit of a spanner in the work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And all hospitals are different with their, you know, protocols. But generally, patients are allowed, I think, one visitor to pick them up, um, to drop off and pick up from hospitals. So I would always recommend recommend having that support person pick you up rather than, say, catch an Uber home or something like that. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty important. Yeah, just, just to support you. Mm, Does make a lot of sense. It would make things a lot safer and easier. Let's move on to your final pre-op tip. Final pre-op
1: would be, so we do provide you with one post-op garment. However, for washing purposes and so forth, I do recommend um, pre-procedure going out and purchasing, say, a few bras or garments from, say, Kmart, Bw, or Target. Um, Kmart actually do a great post-op line of, of bras. Uh, so, yeah, just just in case kind of you can rotate them um, for washing purposes.
0: Well, let's get into that. Is that because generally as part of the healing process, I guess you're going to have a little bit of mess? So,
1: generally uh, what we do here is we supply the garment and that's to be worn for six weeks post op for a majority of the time, uh, except for small amounts of loitering around the house, showering, etc so that that garment is going to get um quite dirty (laughs) so that's why i do suggest um purchasing alternate ones um for the sake of of washing the the one that we do provide you with um, yeah for that reason yeah
0: well it's funny you know it's just one of those things that until you go through the process you just don't you just don't know all these little things um that can make the process a lot easier in the long run Absolutely, yeah. I think it's going
1: into the unknown, which is sometimes the scariest thing and that's completely understandable.
0: In terms of after the operation, um, when you are in recovery, we've kind of touched on how you prepare for that, but what are your tips that people can follow during the recovery period to make sure that they end up with the best results after their surgery?
1: So, I would say rest your body. (laughs) Rest your body, but Your mental health is equally as important, so it can be quite a daunting experience, uh, and I really do appreciate that for patients. So recovery-wise, be in tune with yourself and your body and listen to what it needs. So take little moments throughout the day to really soak in that self-care, whether that be reading a book, listening to some music or a podcast, uh, watching your favourite show, Netflix, Netflix, putting on a face mask or lighting your your favourite candle. Just take care of yourself and really, really stay in tune to to what your body needs at that particular moment in time. Mm.
0: And I guess how much time do you think that people should allot for not doing anything for a period of time? It really is a case-by-case basis and every
1: single person's recovery is going to be different. So it's very hard to say Um, and also – the procedures will be different as well. So, you know, some people get up and start walking um, the day post up and are fairly active and others need a little bit more time and and that's absolutely fine. As I said, every single person is different.
0: Mm, And I guess you always have those kind of people that you tell them to do nothing but they're not very good at following instructions.
1: That's right. So (laughs) that leads to my my second point which is please do not push yourself. Um, this is, yeah, a period for just rest and recovery. So, although you might be feeling increasingly better day by day, um, it's just important to not partake in activities that will reason for, for a step backward. Having said that though, gentle walking is strongly encouraged, and I always do say that. Walking does promote blood flow and increase blood flow allows oxygenated blood to reach your surgical wounds, which in turn allows for um, rapid wound healing. So the uh, key point is mobilisation is, yeah, strongly encouraged. So uh, I would just say don't push yourself, but just take little time each day to um, like walk around the house. or mm.
0: Yeah. And if you are pushing yourself, what are some of the things that can actually go wrong?
1: Um. Delayed wound healing, um, risk of infection, things like that, really. I mean, Mm. yeah.
0: I'm guessing splitting the sutures as well is a big risk there. That's right. I guess to that point is that a lot of people know that after you have an operation, you shouldn't be doing heavy lifting, but they don't actually understand that heavy lifting can actually be something small. We're not talking about lifting up, you know, 20 kilos. It's more the act of bending over and picking something up. Um, so, how careful should people be about those kind of movements as well as not picking up heavy objects? Very careful.
1: <laughs> yeah. If to try, like, say, if for example, if you've had a breast surgery, anything that would directly activate your chest muscles, avoid because we really, really want to rest that area. So, like, even shopping bags or anything like that, I would have someone um, take care of that for you. Uh, yeah, really, as I said, a period for rest and recovery. You really just want to, um, Take it nice and easy and, and not push yourself, especially with that heavy lifting.
0: And I'm guessing the motto is that it's always better to be safe than sorry. Exactly. If it, if it hurts, then stop. <laughs> mm, perfect. Well, is there any more tips that people can follow?
1: Probably the most importantly is you know your body best. So be your own advocate if you feel concerned or worried please 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 cannot stress this enough call the rooms i'm always here to help and there's no such thing as a silly question i i've always practiced on the side of caution so i would much rather see you if you are concerned
0: so it's about alleviating those fears rather than coming in too late exactly (laughs) Well, now that brings us to a very important point, which a lot of people don't want to think about, but it's very important, which is what are the red flags? What should people be looking out for during the healing journey? So, any kind of abnormal or
1: increased pain, swelling, bruising, fevers, chills, inflammation or redness... Around the skin or or the wound area, which is spreading, or it's just popped up, or if the skin's warmed a touch, or of course if you've had a procedure and you've noticed um, some ooze or blood which isn't contained within the dressing, or or it's saturating it. So that that's kind of the things that I would look out for. And
0: should people be checking the wound on a regular basis? Yeah. So generally at the two week mark, we. Um, we
1: change, sorry, we teach ta- patients how to tape at home. So they will continue to tape weekly until the six week mark. So I would always advise patients at their weekly tape change to look out for any of those symptoms that I've just um, noted. So like, um, inflammation, any kind of ooze or pain anything abnormal that that say wasn't there the week prior that you that you've just noticed at the tape change that's that you're concerned about anything that warrants concern um, just give us a call really
0: and is there anything that happens after the surgery that people think is a little bit scary or daunting but it's actually just part of the healing process mm-hmm so, a level of post op
1: pain and discomfort uh, and tenderness, especially along the incision sites and localised areas themselves, um, bruising, a degree of swelling, and these should all settle within, say, a week or two, really. But as I said, if that increases, then that would be a cause of concern. So, if it gets um, significantly worse, then it's, say, the swelling gets worse, the pain, increasingly worsens then then that would be a cause of concern
0: um
1: yeah and that that's when we would probably get you in for a review
0: and if someone does have a red flag or they're concerned about something what's your recommendation is it uh don't hesitate to call um immediately and what's the process from there
1: uh yeah as i said please don't hesitate to call uh, and most likely we'll get you into the rooms for a review and then um, treat as necessary. Yeah.
0: Well, look, I think that sums up most of of what we need to cover in this. But is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you think that people should know? I think one of the most common fears or
1: anxieties is within the first few weeks post-op is, I guess, when will I I look like that, or you know, why why am I looking like that? And I, I guess what, I, what I'm trying to say is that. Patients need to remember that every single person's anatomy is different um, and that's what makes them unique. So all patients will have a different recovery and that that person's Chapter 1 might be someone else's Chapter 12. So please just be kind to yourself and your body.
0: Mm, that's really – it's a really interesting point to add because obviously ReGirls has a very active social network, which is really great um, in terms of people sharing their journey and, and kind of understanding what's going on, um, but I guess it's it's important for people to understand that you shouldn't be using that as a comparison um, of where you are on your journey.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And it's always really great to have – and I've I've spoken to many patients who – really love to have that support regroup and that's fantastic to have someone to kind of speak to and, and go through that that similar process. But also please, as I said, just be kind to yourself and everyone's going through a different journey and recovery process. So uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that Re does provide psychological services. So if you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the whole process, um, they can recommend someone for you to have a chat to just to help you along through your journey. Well, look, I think today has been really, really interesting, Lauren, just because we're getting the perspective, I guess, of an outsider watching in um, that also knows the process of the journey. So thank you very much answering our questions. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media.